Let's do some word association this morning. Are you ready? Okay, the choir seems a lot more ready than all of you out here. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm all right with that. So if I say restoration, what do you say? <laughs> I knew I would hear at least one hardware. <laughs> okay, what are some of the other ones? Did you say brewery? <laughs> okay, we've, now we've gotten that out. What else? Let me hear some more. Window, yeah, oh yes, absolutely, windows. Anybody else out here? Renewal, yes, renewal, very good. There are so many different synonyms for the word restoration. Here are just a few. Restoral, facelift, reclamation, Reconstruction, refurbishment, rehab, rehabilitation, remodeling, renovation, rally, recovery, recuperation, fixing, mending, repairing, rebirth, regeneration, renewal, resurrection, revival. Oh, I love those ones at the very end. They move us from like a physical building. They move us a little bit more towards our internal lives and our own faith journeys. This week, I hope that in the mail you received your stewardship card. King Avenue folks, who received your stewardship? Anybody receive that? Good. I'm glad to see that the mail was, was uh, working well this week. And on top of the beautiful, beautiful card, there was a word there, restoration, restoration. And so we took a look a little bit this morning, just, just to scratch the surface a little bit of what restoration is. Today, we also begin our stewardship time together. For the next few weeks, we will be talking about stewardship and so let me ask you this, what does stewardship mean? What does stewardship mean? It was not too long ago that I would have been able to say in confidence that this is an antiquated word, but it's, it's gotten a bit of a revival recently. We use the word stewardship now a little more even in outside of the church culture than we used to. We talk about being good stewards of the earth, right? And we've, we've started to understand what that means. We need to, to treat our planet so much better than we have for it to last and be abundant. And, and, and so we've used that word stewardship. And so we've also started to understand that we need to be good stewards of, of all that God has given to us. The word steward actually... Uh, comes from a title of the class of high officers of the state in early England and Scotland, in case you were wondering. Hence the meaning, one who manages affairs of an estate on behalf of the employer. This word actually originated in the 1300s, but we still use it today. Stewardship. It was a few years ago when I was serving in a different church, 
I had been invited to do a celebration of life service for a family. And we were at a cemetery and, and a funeral home first and then went to a cemetery. But, but at the funeral home, we were standing in the parking lot getting ready to, to move from point A to point B. And one of the family members came to me and he said, um, you know, you're one of the, um, the most easygoing pastors I think I've ever met. <laughs> and I said, thank you. And I thought that was very interesting. He really didn't know me at all. He just saw me do a service, you know, and so I thought that was an interesting comment. And I said, thank you, I think. That was a compliment. And he said, um, so I have a question I want to ask you, and, and, it, and I, I'm just really curious. And I said, sure, you can ask anything. And he said, um, well, I, I'm, I'm really interested in your church. And I said, oh, absolutely. Absolutely, and we got to talking a little more, and he was from the Catholic, had a Catholic background, and, um, and he said, um, I'm, I'm really, you know, interested in your church, so I wanted to know, how much does it cost for me to attend? Isn't that a good question? And an honest question, and, and, and it's a shock for all of us, because we, really? But for him, he really wanted to know. How much would it cost to come to church there? And I said, oh, nothing. I mean, we just want you to be there. And, and if you want to come and be part of the congregation, absolutely. And then he asked a very good question. He said, well, then how do you pay for everything? Well, that is a really good question, isn't it? And I thought, well, this is good conversation. This is good stuff. And I said, well, let me tell you how we do that. <laughs> Um, people give, and we ask for a tithe. We like people to give a tithe. That's 10%. We also understand that not everybody can give that at different times. Sometimes people can give more. Sometimes people can't give that at all. We trust, and I as the pastor absolutely trust that God is in charge, and it's all going to work out. And so we are going to be as faithful as we can, and we'll be faithful with God has entrusted us with, and you will all be faithful in your giving, and we will do what we can to encourage that, but it's all going to be okay. And he was really kind of shocked by that whole concept. Well, the good news is he actually started coming to the church and became a very faithful member, and not only um, a steward in regards to finances, but also a really beautiful steward in regards to how he loved folks and cared for them and got involved and engaged in the ministries and the life of the church stewardship. The scripture this morning is about what it takes to become great. What it takes to become great. It's a bold question that is asked by James and John who come forward and say to Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask of you, Jesus. Well, that's a lot of nerve, isn't it? We want you to do whatever we ask. And so Jesus says, what is it that you want? And they answer, we want, in glory, we want one of us to sit on your right and one to sit on your left. In other words, we want to be the greatest. And we want other people to know we are the greatest so they could see we are the great ones because this is where we're sitting in the place of honor. 
So Jesus talks with them about what it really means to be great. He does say, are you really sure you want to be great? Can you share my baptism? Can you share what's going to happen to me? Do you really want greatness? <laughs> but then he moves on to talk about what it means to be great is to truly be the servant of all. Greatness doesn't come from the place you're sitting in. It comes from caring for folks. It comes from being the servant of all, says Jesus. To become great, we must learn to be good stewards, to serve. Jesus teaches the disciples and us this important message. And in their learning, they do something that's important that we need to do. They relearn a concept. Because we have been taught what it means to be great. We have been taught what it means to have all of this stuff and to be the ones who sit up front, right? We have been taught that. And so they relearn that lesson. And we need to relearn what it means to be good stewards. And in our relearning, we allow ourselves to be restored, to be made new. The disciples relearned, and we relearn and are restored. So these windows, aren't they beautiful, even clear the way they are? <laughs> Isn't it beautiful to see what's happening to them? It's lovely. Every day when I've come in and there's a change, I, I, I'm amazed at the beauty. And I'm really, really hoping that we're going to see some stained glass very soon. <laughs> I've been told it's happening, and I know it is. Just like every restoration, it takes time and patience for windows, for our souls. It takes time. Let me share with you a story that I have appreciated over the years. It's actually a story that was told a few years ago by an author that I appreciate. I love to read. And one of the authors that I like, you may not like, and that's okay. I love Stephen King. Anybody like Stephen King? Some do, some don't. He is an excellent author. He can be a little intense for people, and I do understand that. But, uh, but he is really an amazing author. So and you may remember this, this story in the news that uh, quite a few years ago, he was hit by a car. Anybody remembers reading about that? This is him writing about his experience. A couple of years ago, I found out what you can't take it with you means. I found out while I was lying in a ditch at the side of a country road covered with mud and blood with the tibia of my right leg poking out the side of my jeans like a branch of a tree taken down in a thunderstorm. He definitely has a knack, doesn't he, for describing things. I had a MasterCard in my wallet, but when you're lying in a ditch with broken glass in your hair, no one accepts MasterCard. 
We come in naked and broke. We may be dressed when we go out, but we're just as broke. Warren Buffett, going out broke. Bill Gates, going out broke. Tom Hanks, going out broke. Steve King, broke. Not a crying dime. All the money you earn, all the stocks you buy, all the mutual funds you trade, all of that is mostly smoke and mirrors. It's still going to be a quarter past getting late, whether you tell the time on a Timex or a Rolex. <laughs> so I want you to consider making your life one long gift to others. And why not? All you have is on loan anyway. All that lasts is what you pass on. Now, imagine a nice little backyard surrounded by a board fence. Dad, a pleasant little fellow, maybe a little plump, is tending the barbecue. Mom and the kids are setting the picnic table, fried chicken, coleslaw, burgers, potato salad, chocolate cake for dessert. And standing around the fence, looking in, are hungry, hungry people, men and women, starving children, and they're silent. They only watch. The family at the picnic is us and it's in our backyard. And those hungry people, those hungry people are in other spaces and places and they're watching us sit down without them. Far too much of the world is looking in. It's not a pretty picture, but we have the power to help the power to change. And why should we refuse? Because we're going to take it with us? Please. Giving isn't about the receiver or the gift, but the giver. It's for the giver. One doesn't open one's wallet to improve the world necessarily, although it's nice when it happens. We do it, and it improves us. A life of giving, not just money, but time and spirit repays. It helps us remember that we may be going out broke, but right now we're doing okay. Right now, we have the power to do great good for others and for ourselves. And so he says, Stephen King, so I ask you to begin giving and continue as you begin. I think you'll find that in the end, you get far more than you ever had and did more good than you ever dreamed. So powerful. We come to this place, this beautiful King Avenue sanctuary church. We come to this place for restoration I do, you do. There are Sundays that we come through these doors feeling to our very souls the line from the Christmas hymn that says this, our forms are bending low. And that we have stopped beside the weary road just to hear the angels sing. 
Because some weeks are hard. Some weeks are just like that. And we long for restoration. We need to allow ourselves the opportunity for healing, for restoration. We also need to relearn what it means to become truly great and God's faithful stewards. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.